Well, welcome to the show. This is your host, Ken Foster, and I'm hoping that you are in a place that you've been thinking, you know, there's a lot going on in the world. I think I'm not going to pay too much attention to what's going on in the world. I'm going to start turning my attention inward into myself to become a better human. That's what the show is all about today. How do we become a better human? How do we become better in our relationships? You know, maybe with our loved ones. You have somebody right now that you're upset with. Maybe you haven't forgiven. You know, maybe this is the show that you get the message that you need to hear so that you let that go, right? We know through science that if you don't forgive, you carry it in yourself. And then you're carrying it in your body. You're carrying it in your, not only just your mind, you're carrying it in your body. You're creating stress on your system. It's not a good thing. But that's just one area that we're looking at, right? You know, maybe you become a better human in your business. Maybe you become a better partner for your business partner. Or maybe you become a better human in your health and vitality, right? You know, when's the last time you went out and got 10,000 steps in a day or worked out at the gym? Or or maybe, you know, just... um, just got up in the morning and ate something really healthy. So you're feeling vibrant, awake, alert, alive all the time, right? You know, I'm kind of an old guy these days, but I've got more energy than most 20-year-olds. Why is that? Well, I've learned the body, mind, uh, spirit medicine, right? And that's what we're going to be talking and taking a deep dive in today. So if that intrigues you, you know, stay, stay tuned. I bet you're going to get some new pieces of wisdom that might be able to change the direction or course that you're on. That's what the show is all about. So I'll be right back. I'm going to take a break. And then when I come back, I've got a guest with a brand new book out that's going to help you become a better human. We'll be right back. Are you over 50? Would you like to get up to 33% more income in retirement? Then call now for this free book, Annuity Do's and Don'ts for Baby Boomers. This free book reveals little-known secrets about annuity strategies that will help you make the right choices before buying an annuity. Call right now for your free book. And as a bonus, we'll also throw in a free annuity rate report. Both absolutely free for calling Annuity General today. Call 800-510-0470. Welcome back to the show. This is your host, Kendi Foster, and I'm so happy to have my guest, uh, John uh, Palovitz, and I, I hope I'm saying that right, John. Um, he yes, is, uh, let me give you a formal introduction. He's a pastor, and he's a writer. He's an activist. He's spent nearly three decades teaching, studying, dissecting, and deconstructing and reconstructing the Christian faith. He's committed to equality, diversity, and justice. John aims to teach a single elemental truth. This is why he's on my show today. Faith, 
is the supernatural being, faith in a supernatural being, should make you a better human. Faith in a supernatural being should make you a better human. John, let me jump right in. Why is that? Hey, Ken, thank you so much for having me today. Uh, Well, it should because I think uh, being a person of faith, there should be um, a love for humanity that is evident in everything that you do. So I think it should yield more generosity and more kindness and more empathy. And if it doesn't, then I think we have to ask ourselves why we would even want to claim that faith. I think spirituality needs to be, uh, it needs to be felt by the people around us, not just something that we claim to believe. Man, I couldn't agree with you more. You know, I've been a long-term meditator and I realized somewhere early on that, you know, I'm feeling this wonderful bliss and it's like, life is great. Everything's good. And then I come out of meditation and I deal with my wife and I'm, I'm saying something I don't want to say. And I'm like, wait a second. Right. Well, this I'm supposed to carry this vibration, this energy, this faith with me. And you know, I didn't at that time. Um, how do we how do we go about that holding this space where you know we're we're connecting and we're we're feeling good and now we can bring it to the world? How do we do that? Well, it's a challenge, obviously, because the the stresses that we have on our lives and the pace that we live at and the just everything that's happening around us. I think it's it's constantly trying to be aware of how people around us are experiencing us. What is it like to be our partner, our spouse, our child, our friend? What is that experience like? And we really need to lean into the people around us and to realize that we're bumping up against these individual once in history, never to be repeated stories. And we have to have a reverence, I think, for those. And much of that has to do with, I think, dealing, thinking about how much grief, how much fear, how much worry people around us are experiencing and being aware of that. Well, you know, you said two things that I think are really profound, actually. I think that that awareness of how is it, <clears throat> How are others experiencing the relationship with me? Um, I yes. think that's uh, that's something that I don't think a lot of people ask uh, very often. Um, in other words, how do we show up and how is that impacting other people? Um, you know, it sounds like you've done some work in that. Um, what can you what insights can you share with us on that? Well, it's funny. I I tell the story in the book about my son, Noah, when he was really young, maybe four or five, instead of telling him I loved him, I would say, who loves you? And he would say, daddy. And I'd say, right. And we would, uh, you know, it was sort of a rhetorical question. But I asked that question because I didn't want to assume that he felt loved by me. And I think we have to continually ask the people around us what they're experiencing in our lives. Just because I think I'm a loving person doesn't mean that that's how I'm actually coming across. And just because I care deeply for humanity doesn't mean that the humanity around me experiences that. And uh, I think for, for me, spirituality only exists relationally. And whatever I have in my head or in my heart, if, if, if it's not um, tangible to the people that I run up against in this life, whether strangers or people I know well, then I have to reconsider how deeply I actually uh, carry that faith. Wow, that's really good. You know, I was, um, I was in my office uh, uh, coaching uh, one day, and my little granddaughter, at the time she was five, Ella came in and um, 
she said, Grandpa, can I coach today? And I said, sure, go ahead, Ella. What do you want to coach me on? You know, I went along with it. And she said, well, you know, does your mom and dad ever get upset when you don't share your toys with your baby brother? And I said, yeah, sure. And then she said, Grandpa, does your uh, uh, mom and dad get upset when you don't listen to them? And I said, yeah. And I said, so, Ella, what's the solution? She looked at me and paused and says, just have happy thoughts, Grandpa. <laughs> mm. And you wow. think about it, right? A five-year-old telling, you know, telling it like it is. We have to focus on that goodness, those happy thoughts that are in us. John, let me uh, let me put the book on the screen here because it's an amazing book. Sure. If God is love, don't be a jerk. Uh, I, I mean, I, the title, when I saw that come in, I went, I got to have John on my show. Um, <laughs> how... How uh, how do we not be a jerk? Let's put it that way. Well, I, the heart of my faith tradition being Christianity has been an empathy, I think. And I think there there is a softness that we have to have toward the people around us, an awareness of the suffering and awareness of the struggle and the collateral damage of being human that everyone is experiencing. And that's really the, the heart of it is what do I, what are my motives? I can't control people's experiences or what they're going through necessarily. And I can't even uh, control how they receive my words, but I do, um, I do control my intentions toward them. So the idea of not being a jerk is really about desiring to, to help and desiring to heal and be an agent of goodness in the world. Well, you're, you know, you're a pastor and I'm wondering how many people did, did you see that were being jerks that went, that you said, like, I think I need to write this book. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, part of it was looking in the mirror too, Ken. I mean, the the truth is we're, we're all going to experience if we claim faith and we claim a desire to love our neighbors ourselves, we're going to run into our own hypocrisy, our own fraudulence, our own inconsistency. And, and realizing that that's a problem and then looking at the landscape of our nation and realizing that so much, so often, religion seems to perpetuate the worst of us, the exclusionary feelings that we have or the um, prejudices or the phobias. And so I've always been trying to claim and then perpetuate a faith that really um, lets people feel a sense of exhale, that they are welcomed and received and loved. Yeah, I think love is the key. Listen, when I get back, um, as I got to take a quick break, um, let's take a a deeper dive into what you just said. I think some people are turned off by religion, not because of the essence uh, they want to connect with God or don't believe in God, but it's it's some of the judgment or criticism or things that that go on in in there. And I want to know how you address that in the book. So I'll take a quick break and then we'll come back and we'll, uh, we'll talk about that. Here's an important message from the Diabetes Solution Center. Diabetics understand all too well the pain of pricking your fingers. But now, by wearing a small remote device called a Continuous Glucose Monitor, or CGM, you can immediately reduce your pain. It's easy to use and helps you make more accurate diabetes treatment decisions. If you are testing your blood sugar four or more times daily, injecting insulin three or more times daily, or using an insulin pump, call the Diabetes Solution Center right now. Thank you. 
CBD, you've heard about it. It's helping people relieve chronic pain, improve sleep, and reduce stress. But how do you find science-based products that feel right for you? Feel Good Hemp was started after the founders used CBD oil to help their dad heal from a three-month-to-live diagnosis. They deliver all-natural, lab-tested, high-quality products at affordable prices. So visit feelgoodhemp.org forward slash courage and be sure to use coupon code COURAGE25 to get 25% off your first order. Well, welcome back, everybody. The name of the show today is The Courage to Be a Better Human. I'm talking to uh, John uh, Palovitz, and John is a pastor. He's a writer, an activist, and he's got a new book out, uh, and we're talking about that. So, you know, in the book, I'm going to put the book up on the screen again because I, I if no other, you know why I want to put it up? I love the cover. It's so beautiful. Oh, I mean, you. I think you did just a great job. And the title is, you know, if, if God is love, don't be a jerk. It just, um, gosh, I wish I could stop being a jerk sometimes. I don't know about you, but that happens for me. I bet it happens to a lot of my audience. Anyway, let's go into that question. Um, so how does the book tie into that judgment, letting go judgment, criticism, critique of others? Let's talk about that. Yeah, I think at the heart of it, Ken, is, is the idea of learning stories. Uh, I, I consider myself a war correspondent in my life, a, a collector of stories. I'm, I'm fortunate in the work I do to be in a different environment. And I, people share with me, they give me proximity to their pain. They tell me deep things about their lives. And then I try to translate those stories. And that's part of the work that I do. And I think that's at the heart of it is realizing when we encounter someone, we're not just meeting a political ideology or a theological belief, but we're really coming in into contact with this beautiful, complex story. And the more we learn about the people around us, the better able we're going to be, I think, to have uh, love for them or at least to understand them more. Well, you know, the, the uh, pandemic created a lot of people staying inside, wearing masks, yeah. uh, judging each other, you know, criticizing worry, fear, stress, uh, you know, people taking yes. drugs and alcohol, all kinds of stuff going on, you know. Um, but, mm. you know, what came out for me was um, a different story. When you talk about stories, I, I, you know, we can focus on everything that's wrong in the world and judge it, you know, or we can focus on what's right uh, about ourselves and what we need to improve and grow and, and become a better person. And ultimately, I believe that all leads to love. What you say about that? Well, that's part of the, I think, what we are constantly asked to do as people of faith, morality, and conscience is to give people a better story um, or make them aware of the better story that's actually happening. And you're right. We can look at the pandemic and we can see the division and we can see the fear responses, but we can also see these beautiful acts of generosity and uh, connection and the way that people have brought out the best of themselves. And so those are not always going to trend and they're not always going to make the news. And so we constantly have to be people who, who amplify those stories in those moments. I couldn't agree with you more. You know, um, in the book, you talk about, you know, hell is incompatible with a loving God. 
Um, and we have to stop, uh, you know, using, uh, you know, fear to to uh, manipulate people. Um, let, I'd like your comment on that a little bit. I'd like to take a little deeper dive in, in that. Sure. I, I think the worst of organized religion, and we see it every day, is when it leverages fear and prejudice and the the it, when it's an adversarial experience where it needs an enemy. And the more that we can um, live out a faith that is born out of love, that doesn't see other people in competition with us, I think we're going to have a better response to conflict when it comes and to difficulty when it arises. So it's really about what story do I tell myself about about the character of God and what that character um, should create in me, what my response should be to the world. And that's often people have a fear response that tells them they're always in lack or they're always in competition. But my faith tells me that there is abundance and that there is enough for all if we get creative and see each other as um, part of this collective humanity and not in competition with each other. Well, I, I couldn't agree with you more. And I think that we have an identity crisis in America. I think uh, individuals think that they are their accomplishments. They're their house, they're their car, they're their mm-hmm. wives, they're their uh, hair, they're, you know, whatever it is. Um, and I think uh, they, we've lost touch with the divinity that's within each one of us. And we've lost mm-hmm. touch with that Christ lives in all of us. Now, in some of us, it's covered up with misinformation, disinformation, beliefs, mm-hmm. limitations, harm, harm, drama, trauma, a lot, a lot of things and cover that light up. Yeah. Um, but, you know, for 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 if, if we're going to talk real, we got to talk that, you know, we all have that spark. You know, are you going to bring that mm-hmm. spark in the world and how do you do that? So in the book, do you talk about that? And <clears throat> Yeah, one of the one of the things, Ken, that I talk to people a lot about is looking at someone across from you and if they have a belief or a behavior that you find is toxic or destructive, ask yourself if you if you can think the best about them, why might they hold that belief or be doing that particular thing? And it usually comes from a lack. So if they have a lack of information or they have a lack of, of good uh, influences around them or a lack of security. And none of those things is a reason for us to be punitive toward another human being. So if even if we can look at people who we disagree with um, as experiencing some sort of trauma because of what the world is doing to them, I think we can we can approach them differently and have a little bit of mercy, even while debating what they might be doing or our beliefs that they may hold. Well, I'm such a big believer in uh synchronicity and in uh, realizing that when somebody comes in my space um, they're there for a reason they're there for me to be of service they're there maybe to teach me to help me learn to grow Um, they're there as a reflection back to me as to maybe a behavior that I'm I'm putting out in the world but they're there uh, for a reason I, I always believe God puts people in my life for a reason and I think if we had that attitude, if we really started shifting our mindset into um, just being more present to what's coming in, I, I got a feeling that the world would be a better place. What, what say you? I think I think when we look at every moment as an invitation, it's an opportunity to 
to display what we believe and what matters to us. And if we do aspire to be people of empathy, well, we have all sorts of agency to be able to do that. You know, I think there's a frustration many people watching us probably feel they look out in the world and they feel hopeless. And the truth is there are the big and distant things, those are gonna overwhelm us. But if we if we stay in the small and the close and the here and the now, there's a lot that we can do to bend the moral arc of the universe, as they say. Yeah, I couldn't agree with you more. You know, um, we got a war going on in uh, in Ukraine right now. And, uh, you know, um, a lot of people think, oh, that's over there. But I know better. I know it impacts all of us at some level. Right. Um, we get back. I'd like to get a little deeper dive into maybe your thinking around that as, a, you know, as a sure. human, as a human, to be a better human. And what we might be able to step into to uh, make life better for maybe some other people. We'll be right back. Well, if you just joined us, I'm your host, Ken D. Foster. I'm talking with John Palovitz. John is an author. He's got a new book out that we've been talking about. Um, he's also a pastor and he's, uh, he's an activist. So, um, John, I want to uh, uh, ask that question about Ukraine. You know, what, what can people do? You know, sometimes we feel hopeless or helpless and so we can't make a difference. Um, what do you suggest here? You know, I think there's a lot that we can do, practically speaking, to to give to, you know, places who are helping across the world. But part of the story is looking at what's happening in Ukraine and say, what are the, the values that I have? What are the things that I care about? What are the burdens I have when I look at something like the atrocities happening there? And maybe how can I live in my own community in a way that pushes back against those things? So in other words, if I see the plight of people who or immigrants, well, maybe I can begin working for a, with an organization locally that helps people. And, you know, so I always ask people to ask themselves, where is the burden? Where, what is the thing that twists you up inside? And then say, now what? Now that I know that, where can I express that burden or that love in a real tangible way? And, you know, you're talking about really living the teachings <laughs> you're talking about. And, and I'm not just talking about the teachings of necessarily the Christian Bible, because those teachings are in every major religion around the world. It's the teachings right. of love, of compassion, of generosity, of understanding, uh, of mm -hmm. expressing wisdom uh, in, in a world that is short of wisdom, generosity, capacity, compassion and some of those things um, maybe not in your world or mine but you know the world overall we, we got a long way to go here um, so yeah. you know what what do you say to that what what's your thought on that well I think what what we're dealing with right now Ken, it's it's difficult to be an empathetic person anyway but in in normal circumstances but coming out of the last three years that we've come out of and experiencing what we are I think there's a uh, there's a real 
um, fatigue that people feel. And it's just difficult to sustain that level of urgency and really the amount of grief that we've had to. And so there, there is a self-care, there is a self-compassion that's really important here to realize that we can't continually engage the suffering and the uh, divisiveness. We have to pull away to silence and solitude and rest and nature and exercise and community so that we are fully whole human beings and then we can come back to the work that we do. But that's a huge part of this right now is people are are maxed out and they're not treating themselves with the respect that they should. Couldn't agree with you more. So action steps. Who's going to nurture themselves this week? Takes a little downtime, you know, maybe do some self-reflection and uh, realize that sometimes we have to slow down to succeed. I, I love I love what you're saying here. Um, you know, it's uh, it's easy to get go, go, go and be out outward focused. It's a little mm. more difficult, especially in our society, to go within oneself and be reflective, be introspective, you know, ask questions like at the end of the day, you know, what worked, what didn't work, where I can improve tomorrow. Um, those mm. are kind of universal questions we can all ask. And, you know, it helps us to become uh, much more aware of our own shortcomings. And, you know, you can't change what you don't acknowledge. So if we can acknowledge our shortcomings, you know, and, you know, there's, I hate the word sinner. Yeah, I just, I never, you know, and I look, you know, it, it really means to miss the mark. And, you know, if you look at it, sure. but, you know, I, I think we're all quote sinners, but we're also, uh, we can also be uh, redeemed at any point in time when we self-reflect and go within ourselves, um, how do you address that in the book? I, I talk a lot about the the idea of, uh, in my faith tradition, in the stories of Jesus, there are all these stories where they can't find Jesus and he's off to a solitary place praying. And I think that engage and withdraw is really a huge part of this. That withdraw is important because I think it allows us to recalibrate and, and have a life that is fully formed because the truth is we can often get our identity from being a caregiver or a kind person or from our activism. And those are all beautiful things. But when they begin to um, take away from kind of our relationships and from, from that fully, fully formed human being, that's going to do damage. I used to think that resting was a sign of privilege and I couldn't do that because there were people suffering here and suffering there. But the truth is, when we can sustain ourselves and fortify ourselves, we're going to be able to do the work better. So the goal is not expiring early and being a martyr of your own heart. It's really about doing this for the long haul. Uh, I like that a lot. You know, in the book, you say American evangelism is built on a faulty premise that God is white. Uh, let's see. Sig gender heterosexual man born in America, raised Christian, and he votes Republican. Um, we might want to break that myth. Is that, wait a second, you're blowing up my myth here. <laughs> well, and it's a story that, you know, I've lived in and that many people watching us have lived in. And it's usually much more subtle than just, you know, explaining it that way. But the truth is, we look at the world and we often have these lenses through which we view everyone. And growing up, my God story it told me that, you know, God looked like me. Uh, the pictures told me that. And there's 
and there's a bias that you can't help but have. And so the more we can expand the idea of what God could be or is, then I think we're going to see the disparate humanity in front of us with a lot more respect. Uh, I, I totally agree with you. Now, listen, I got to take another quick break. When I come back, I, I want to get your concept of God. You know, I mean, when I grew up, it yeah. was, uh, you know, a big white guy in a beard and telling me, you know, right. do this, don't do that. You're going to hell. Um, it, that's shifted for me, fortunately. But I'd like to get your concept of that. And uh, we'll be right back. All right. So for uh, all of you that are uh, listening uh, to this show um, you know, I talked about that personal responsibility piece. And what I would say is that I encourage you to take some responsibility to get messages like this show is out in the world. So, you know, and I just want to encourage you, you know, let your family know, let your friends know, pass it on to one or two people. That's how we change the world. And that's how you can change. Also, there were so many messages of, of hope, of inspiration, of truth in this show. I hope you'll go back and listen to the show a few times. It's an amazing show. Um, the replays are available at uh, voicesofcourage.us. Till next time, continue to look for and see the unseeable and know the unknowable and do the impossible. Welcome to the show. This is your host, Ken Foster, and I'm hoping that you are in a place that you've been thinking, you know, there's a lot going on in the world. I think I'm not going to pay too much attention to what's going on in the world. I'm going to start turning my attention inward into myself to become a better human. That's what the show is all about today. How do we become a better human? How do we become better in our relationships? You know, maybe with our loved ones. You have somebody right now that you're upset with. Maybe you haven't forgiven. You know, maybe this is the show that you get the message that you need to hear so that you let that go, right? We know through science that if you don't forgive, you carry it in yourself. And then you're carrying it in your body. You're carrying it in your, not only just your mind, you're carrying it in your body. You're creating stress in your system. It's not a good thing. But that's just one area that we're looking at, right? You know, maybe you become a better human in your business. Maybe you become a better partner for your business partner. Or maybe you become a better human in your health and vitality, right? You know, when's the last time you went out and got 10,000 steps in a day or worked out at the gym? Or, or maybe, you know, just... Um, <laughs> just uh, got up in the morning and ate something really healthy. So you're feeling vibrant, awake, alert, alive all the time, right? 
you know, I'm kind of an old guy these days, but I've got more energy than most 20-year-olds. Why is that? Well, I've learned the body, mind, uh, spirit medicine, right? And that's what we're going to be talking and taking a deep dive in today. So if that intrigues you, you know, stay stay tuned. I bet you're going to get some new pieces of wisdom that might be able to change the direction or course that you're on. That's what the show is all about. So I'll be right back. I'm going to take a break. And then when I come back, I've got a guest with a brand new book out that's going to help you become a better human. We'll be right back. Are you over 50? Would you like to get up to 33% more income in retirement? Then call now for this free book, Annuity Do's and Don'ts for Baby Boomers. This free book reveals little-known secrets about annuity strategies that will help you make the right choices before buying an annuity. Call right now for your free book. And as a bonus, we'll also throw in a free annuity rate report. Both absolutely free for calling Annuity General today. Call 800-510-0470. Are you feeling stuck or in a holding pattern with your business or life and you're not doing the things you want or love? Then at some point, you're going to be faced with a decision. You'll either choose to keep living in your comfort zone and risk a life of mediocrity or increase your courage, step into your power and forge into the unknown where everything new becomes possible. If you're truly ready to live masterfully, then you need Ken D. Foster's newest book, The Courage to Change Everything, Strategies and Wisdom to Transform Your Life One Day at a Time. This powerful but simple guide provides you with 365 days of life-transforming wisdom, profound questions, and action steps that will increase your strength and open the doors to success. Stop wondering why your business or life isn't working. The answers are available now. Imagine if you had more courage or another chance to start following your dreams. To pick up your copy of The Courage to Change Everything, visit thecouragetochangeeverything.com. That's thecouragetochangeeverything.com. If you or someone you love has developed Parkinson's disease after being exposed to gramoxone or any herbicide containing the deadly chemical Paraquat, you may be entitled to financial compensation. If you developed Parkinson's and worked or lived on a farm that used Paraquat herbicide treatments with gramoxone, Firestorm, or any listed brand, call now. You may be entitled to financial compensation. There are time deadlines, so don't delay. If you don't win, you pay nothing. 800-771-3380. Hi, folks. Medicare Part C plans with extra benefits like getting money added back to your Social Security check may now be available to you in your zip code. Make sure you're not missing out. It's simple. One, call the number on your screen. Two, they'll look up your zip code and see if you're eligible. Three, they'll check for plans with extra benefits like prescriptions, dental coverage, and the benefit that adds money back to your Social Security check every single month. Call now. I called to get everything I deserve. 
I called to check my zip code for a plan with a benefit that adds money back to my Social Security check. I called to check my zip code. Millions of people have called the Medicare Coverage Helpline. Call, check your zip code, see if you're eligible, and get what you deserve. Call now. Call 1-800-374-2308. That's 1-800-374-2308 now. Well, welcome back again, everybody. This is your host, Ken Foster, and I'm talking to John Palovitz, and we're talking about God right now and expanding the concept of God. Um, let's let's go. Let's see what we go with that. Let's go, John. Expand. So how do we expand the concept, our concept of God? For for me, it started with seeing every human being as of an he equal inherent value. And my story early on didn't tell me that. And the more I was able to, as you said earlier, see the divinity in all humanity, the more God was everywhere. God was not just in a building for an hour on Sunday or not just in a time of prayer and meditation, but God was in the traffic as I drove and God is in the grocery store. And, and there are all these opportunities to see and reflect goodness. And that impulse, when we feel it, that to me is the prompt of God. That is the divinity kind of letting it, asking itself to be shown. I love talking about God on this show. You know, for me, it was the shift from an outer God to an inner God mm. and, and having those daily talks and connection and making God personal for me instead of impersonal. I, I think that that helped yeah. shift it for me. Yeah. Yeah. And and the idea that um, I began to see the whole planet as a sanctuary, it wasn't just there wasn't this sort of sacred experience. And then there was this other life. It, it was it's all it's all filled with those sacred opportunities. And that so it's amazing because God is deeper within and yet God saturates everything as a person of faith. And so that makes it just really a powerful experience where you're never away from the love that holds it all together. And, you know, the other part that shifted with me is the personal responsibility, not just for my own life, but for the planet, for others mm -hmm. in the world that we're all connected. And, you know, if I don't recycle, that's going to impact somebody somewhere. If I decide that, you know, I'm going to be angry in the market, I'm going to impact somebody else and that might impact somebody else, mm -hmm. you know, and, you know, it's it's that, you know, if I'm if I'm wasteful, you know, that that old saying about, you know, don't be wasteful, you know, so starving child in China might not be able to eat. You know, there's something to that. We're all connected here and we need to start stepping into the understanding of that, that what I do impacts others. It's not about all about me dot com. And I think when we can shift that consciousness, realize mm -hmm. that God is in all of us, it shifts everything. It does. You're so right. And that's part of the reason I wrote the book and part of the reason I do the work I do, because we often tend to think that there are political issues and there are spiritual issues. But to me, it's just about my morality or my convictions being expressed. And so that it gets expressed in how I treat the environment and it gets expressed in how I view healthcare and how I view um, education, all that all it touches everything. And so I always want to be able to bring my deepest convictions to bear 
bear upon those things and to realize, right, that we are one interdependent community. And as a person who, who believes in divinity, that should be the way we always operate. There is no there is no them to us. There is no them. I think the way that I, I know I, it shows up for me to express sometimes is the people that are standing on the street that are homeless. It's something I can do right now. Now, I, I look in their eyes and I connect with them and I talk with them. And that will determine, you know, if I'm going to give or I won't give. Um, you know, if I feel the person's just going to go off and go buy alcohol, I'm probably not going to give much to that person. I still might give, by the way. But, you know, but then there's some others that I look in their eyes. They're clear. They, they're, you know, there's, they've, they've gone through circumstances that have landed them here. I actually, I, I work with uh, a homeless society uh, down in San Diego for a while. And I asked the director, I said, what is the real cause of homelessness? And she said, well, most people think it's drug and alcohol. She says, not. It's because they've lost their connection with society. They've lost their connection with family. They don't have connection anymore. And that's, you know, maybe it's because of some of the things, the behaviors they did, but that's what causes it. So it's like, we have to stop like judging, realize everybody's connected here. How can we benefit everybody? How do we lift everybody up? Not just one person here and there. Right. And and to realize that people, when we encounter them, they have a backstory. They didn't just show up as a person on the corner. You know, they didn't just show up as a person who has a political view that bothers us. They they're they're They have a family who raised them and, and words spoken into their lives. And they've had life experiences that we know nothing about. And so that idea of being in a posture of curiosity toward people, I think, as you said, it that's going to be it's going to make us we're not going to necessarily agree with them the more we know about them, but we will respect them as a complex human being. Well, I like what you said. You know, it's like uh, don't judge the book by the cover. You know, look at the story beneath it. You know, everybody has a story. Everybody has a mom, a dad, you know, somewhere that, you know, they're out there. They have families maybe left behind. But they're they're there. You know, everybody has a story. So I think the more that we can realize that we are here to, in my opinion, we're here to not just hang out in life. We're here to grow, to evolve, to live those spiritual principles, which is hard to do. This isn't easy stuff. Yeah. But, but that's okay because, you know, one of my mentors says, danger and I were born together, and I'm more dangerous than danger. And it was Yogananda mm. that said that. And I just thought, you know what? We are. We're not these frail little human beings. We have a lot of power within us if we'll use it for good. We can really make a difference in the world. Yes. And and once we begin doing those those really small acts, we begin to realize you know, there's power in our story. There's resonance in our voice that we're not just have a lot of people will say, well, this person's going through this and I've gone through nothing like that. Yeah. It's not a competition and we don't, you know, pain is not a competitive sport and we've all dealt with difficult things and we've all had this growth and insight and wisdom. And it's about sharing that. And that that's for me is, is spirituality is trying to be helpful to other people living a very difficult life that they've never experienced before. You know, pain is a great motivator of men. Pain is, uh, you know, we've got to feel the pain to make the change. A lot of times I'm talking about emotional pain. We have to feel that to make the changes sometimes. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, pain can also, um, 
you know, we feel like, well, everybody's trying to avoid it. But I think, you know, if you're in it, I think you have to move towards it to see what is, what's causing that pain so that we can move through it. And we don't have to do it alone. I think that's the Christian message. That's the message of, of, uh, of my path and, you know, in all, all paths that, you know, you don't have to do this alone. But how do we connect to that inner guidance, that inner, um, uh, you know, in, in the Christian faith to Christ, to Jesus, so that we can we can go deeper in that relationship. I got to take a break. We come back. I'd love to talk with you a little about that. Are you being audited? And do you owe the IRS $10,000 or more in back taxes? Is the IRS threatening to take more of your money? Don't fight the IRS alone. The tax doctor is here to help you negotiate your tax bill and reduce your stress. If you owe $10,000 or more in back taxes, do not call the IRS alone. Call a tax doctor now for a tax emergency analysis. If you or someone you love has developed Parkinson's disease after being exposed to Gramoxone or any herbicide containing the deadly chemical Paraquat, you may be entitled to financial compensation. If you developed Parkinson's and worked or lived on a farm that used Paraquat herbicide treatments with Gramoxone, Firestorm, or any listed brand, call now. You may be entitled to financial compensation. There are time deadlines, so don't delay. If you don't win, you pay nothing. 800-771-3380 Hi, folks. Medicare Part C plans with extra benefits like getting money added back to your Social Security check may now be available to you in your zip code. Make sure you're not missing out. It's simple. One, call the number on your screen. Two, they'll look up your zip code and see if you're eligible. Three, they'll check for plans with extra benefits like prescriptions, dental coverage, and the benefit that adds money back to your Social Security check every single month. Call now. I called to get everything I deserve. I called to check my zip code for a plan with a benefit that adds money back to my Social Security check. I called to check my zip code. Millions of people have called the Medicare Coverage Helpline. Call, check your zip code, see if you're eligible, and get what you deserve. Call now. Call 1-800-374-2308. That's 1-800-374-2308 now. Are you feeling stuck or in a holding pattern with your business or life and you're not doing the things you want or love? Then at some point, you're going to be faced with a decision. 
You'll either choose to keep living in your comfort zone and risk a life of mediocrity, or increase your courage, step into your power, and forge into the unknown, where everything new becomes possible. If you're truly ready to live masterfully, then you need Ken D. Foster's newest book, The Courage to Change Everything, Strategies and Wisdom to Transform Your Life One Day at a Time. This powerful but simple guide provides you with 365 days of life-transforming wisdom, profound questions, and action steps that will increase your strength and open the doors to success. Stop wondering why your business or life isn't working. The answers are available now. Imagine if you had more courage or another chance to start following your dreams. To pick up your copy of The Courage to Change Everything, visit TheCourageToChangeEverything.com. That's TheCourageToChangeEverything.com. Well, welcome back, everybody. We're talking to John Palovitz. He's got a new book out. It's, it's God, if God is love, don't be a jerk. How do we get closer to God? How do we get closer? How do we tune in on a more consistent basis? What do you say? I, I think it's about constantly asking questions. It's, it's giving a pause during our days and asking, how am I, how am I living? Am I being helpful? And, you know, am I tapping into the best parts of me? And I think we do spirituality is lived individually but it's also lived collectively and you started to speak on it earlier i think you know community is medicinal so it's not just about you know what i'm doing in my private practices or in my solitary living and individually but where am i um perpetuating empathy in community so it doesn't have to be a, a community of faith but where am i living alongside other people and expressing our shared values and our shared humanity I couldn't agree with you more. My my wife, uh, who I'm blessed to be with her 22 years in May, um, she started a women's organization called Women's Wisdom. And it's run now for 30 years. And um, she's run it. And it's all about community, right? It's, it's for um, really women of faith that would like to connect with other women of faith that would like to uh, grow their businesses and grow their lives. Mm. And when I see people, you know, we've always had live events and then the pandemic hit and we stopped that for a while. And, and that disconnection wasn't there, that connection or that connection wasn't there, that, that deep hug, that hug, that look that, you know, we're on the internet. Um, People are coming back out, but it's interesting in some communities, they're coming out slow. There's still a lot of fear out there, you know, um, gosh, yes. you know, the next virus coming along to get me, the, uh, you know, the next shot I got to take, the next mask I got to wear. And people are like, you know, a lot of people are sick and tired of it. And other people are just fearful of it and don't know what to do with yeah. it. Um, how do we address that as Christians? Well, I think we have an epidemic of loneliness, really, because when you talk about the forced isolation that we've experienced over the past three years, and then really the emotional isolation that we've had anyway, I I think it's about reconnecting with deep, authentic community in some way with relational exchanges that are more than on the surface. And that is going to happen better in person, obviously. I've been fortunate because the platform that I have has allowed me to at least be a hub around which people could gather. 
but that when you look at um you know even political or religious movements that are hateful they're usually created because people don't feel connected and they seem to find a sense of place and so if we can give people a sense of belonging and purpose that is redemptive and life-giving i think that's just what we need to be doing i couldn't agree with you more let's tell my uh i've got an audio uh, audience out there too so i don't want to i don't want to uh uh, let them not know all about the book. So let's, uh, let's tell them where to get the book, John. Well, you can get the book wherever your favorite, whatever your favorite bookseller is. And John Pavlovitz is my name. And, and there's not a lot of John Pavlovitzes out there. So you'll probably find me and wherever you get books and uh, enjoy them. That's great. Okay. And they can also go to johnpavlovitz.com, Pavlovitz, P-A-V-L-O-V-I-T-Z.com to, uh, to get the book. Well, we're, uh, we're kind of running out of time. I, I want to mm. ask you, you know, what, as you, as you vision the world and you're a world leader and you've got people, you know, listening to you all the time and, you know, fortunately today, my audience gets to listen to your messages. Um, what's the new story that we should be t- telling right now? What's the new story that uh, people need to start telling themselves? That all is not lost, that you, your outrage means you still have, uh, you know, your heart is still working properly. You still have uh, your faculties intact. You still have a soul doing what a soul is supposed to do. So that grief and that fear and that worry, they're just alarms that you're a good human being who is seeing the places where you need to respond. And so find hope even in those things as confirmation that you're here and that you have something you can do about it all. And I, I love that message. I, I like to kind of plus that message. Um, the, the other part of that is personal responsibility. I think we have to, we're in a stage in this world that, you know, at one point, I guess we, you know, my parents' generation, we definitely um, look to our leaders to tell us what to do, when to do, and how to do it. Um, we in a, seem to be in a society that lacks, uh, in, in many instances, not always, but in many instances, good leaders. And what, the, what I sense is that there is a call for us now to start to develop our, what we would call our gut instinct in the past. Today, we call it our intuition. We have to develop that in a sense that um, there's, we're in information overload. We're in disinformation overload, both. Mm-hmm. How do you know what's the right choice? It's, it's, it's going within. It's going within. It's through prayer, through meditation, through contemplation on spiritual principles, on, on spiritual books, so that we can start to discern what's right for us in this world. Um, I've got about a minute for you to respond to that. And then uh, yeah. you got to go. But what, what do you say to that? 
Well, I think you're right. And the story for me of my tradition is really a group of ordinary people who decided uh, we're going to live together in interdependent community and we're going to express love for our neighbor and we're going to love the least. And that's really the secret. It's not about waiting for someone who has power and a platform to give us what we need. We have the things that we need. We have the prompts within us. And it's about saying, am I going to be inconvenienced by the pain around me? and move into it. Wow, I love the interdependent community. You know, I have this vision where in Southern California, instead of everybody having lawns, everybody's growing gardens and everybody's Mm. supporting one another. And, uh, you know, we're starting to become more interdependent on one another. Not that we're not already, but it can be a lot more that way. Um, Yeah, and so I appreciate you and I appreciate your message. And uh, thank you for being on my show, John. I hope hope someday to meet you again in person and come back. It was a joy, Ken. Really, thank you so much. Man, great message. Great, great, great truths. Are you being audited? And do you owe the IRS $10,000 or more in back taxes? Is the IRS threatening to take more of your money? Don't fight the IRS alone. The Tax Doctor is here to help you negotiate your tax bill and reduce your stress. If you owe $10,000 or more in back taxes, do not call the IRS alone. Call a tax doctor now for a tax emergency analysis. Are you over 50? Would you like to get up to 33% more income in retirement? Then call now for this free book, Annuity Do's and Don'ts for Baby Boomers. This free book reveals little-known secrets about annuity strategies that will help you make the right choices before buying an annuity. Call right now for your free book. And as a bonus, we'll also throw in a free annuity rate report, both absolutely free, for calling Annuity General today. Call 800-510-0470. There comes a time when you know you need to restart and regain control of your life. A time to seek freedom from the anxiety, addiction, and other issues that may be bringing you down. A time to heal and re-emerge as the real you. Villa Kalima is a holistic residential recovery program exclusively for women for individualized treatment. Villa Kalima offers proven clinical and holistic therapies for the mind, body, and spirit to assure sustainable recovery. Villa Kalima focuses on healing the cause, not temporarily masking symptoms. It's the only way to truly recover and find yourself again. Villa Kalima is located in a beautiful, peaceful, resort-like setting and is a licensed and accredited residential treatment center accepting a variety of health insurances. Start your healing and renewal today by calling Villa Kalima in La Costa, California at 760-814-8214. 760-814-8214. Villa Kalima, a place for transformation. All right, so for uh, all of you that are uh, listening uh, to this show, um, you know, I talked about that personal responsibility piece. And what I would say is that I encourage you to take some responsibility to get messages like this show is out in the world. So, you know, and I just want to encourage you, you know, let your family know, let your friends know, pass it on to one or two people. That's how we change the world. And that's how you can change. Also, there were so many messages of, of hope, of inspiration, of truth in this show. I hope you'll go back and listen to the show a few times. 
It's an amazing show. Um, the replays are available at uh, voicesofcourage.us. Till next time, continue to look for and see the unseeable and know the unknowable and do the impossible.